I should be resuming where I left off on Lifeline 163 when I issued a call to action, how to clear the streets. Um, and I wanted to continue on that vein, uh, but the Holy Ghost pulled at me in a different way this morning, and I want to briefly put uh, that series, A Call to Action, How to Clear the Streets, on hold. I want to put it on pause, and I want to share with you uh, this word that the Lord deposited in my spirit uh, today. I want to call it the right judgment call, the right judgment call. Matthew 25, verse 31 through 46 Matthew 25, verse 31 through 46. I'll just uh, sort of uh, quickly uh, purview uh, the essence of those 16 verses. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he'll sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All of the nations will be gathered before him. He'll separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goat. He'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, come, blessed of my father, take your inheritance. If I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. Stranger, you took me in sick. You uh, looked after me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you like that? Verse 40, the king will say, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he'll say to those on the left, depart from me, uh, you're cursed into the eternal fire. I was hungry, you didn't give me anything to eat. I was a stranger, you didn't invite me in, etc. And they'll say to the Lord, when did we see you like that? And they'll say to them, uh, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment. But the righteous to eternal life. The right judgment call. Uh, starting in chapter 24, Jesus has been teaching about preparedness. Uh, this notion of being ready when it comes the second time. Since there will be no warning signs, it's important to be watchful. What are we to watch for? We're to watch for our faithfulness and merciful living. Uh, we're to pay close attention and make sure we got our acts together when it comes to faithfulness. How do you define faithfulness? Consistency and commitment. You can't be on and off. You can't be a, a pre-pandemic saint and then 
take it easy after the pandemic. You can't come to church ever so often. You have to be consistent. And you have to be merciful in your living. Uh, merciful. You got to guard and govern your heart with the love of Jesus. So those are the themes of this last section of chapter 25. Disciples have to be faithful. Disciples must be merciful in action to the least of these. You hear that phrase a couple of times in this narrative. Jesus is the judge and the criterion for judgment. It's his judgment call. Now, without going into a deep dive and swimming into deep waters, I should say that those of us who make the rapture are not in this scene of sheep being separated from goats. You cannot be caught up in the rapture and have a place in Matthew 25 at the same time. We will have already received our reward. We are already in the presence of the Lord, according to First Thessalonica, First Thessalonians. We shall forever be with the Lord. This setting in Matthew 25 primarily applies to the judgment, the separation the rewards and the punishment of the tribulation period and the rewards of the tribulation saints. Uh, there will be those who get saved during the tribulation, uh, basically Revelation 6 through 19. Uh, this is their so-called final interview. Jesus, according to what we read, will judge the nations who will be gathered before him. The sheep will be separated from the goats. The sheep will be on his right, the place of honor, and they'll be ushered into the millennial kingdom. The basis for the division from the goats will be the practical love and service that the sheep rendered during the tribulation to Jesus's brothers and sisters, the Jewish people. Now, that's the text in context. And yet, while we are off the hook in the sense that we're not standing before the Lord in chapter 25, listening to him say, Depart from me, O oh, you worker of iniquity, though I made you. I know you're not. Though we're not in that crowd because we're in the raptured crowd, there's some stuff in this narrative that still resonates with the same standards by which the righteous judge will hold us accountable. Hear me good. God doesn't operate with uh, dual standards. The same standards 
that the tribulation saints will be accounted for are the same standards that we in the church age who will be lifted into the rapture will be accounted for. Are you listening? The term little ones in Matthew 10, 42 and in Matthew 18, 6 is related to the term least of these in our present scripture. Matthew 10, 42. The Lord says, whoever gives a cup of water to the to the least gets a, a profit reward. Um, this whole idea of least of these or little ones, they're related terms, as I said. Um, but in the text, it highlights the theme of care for the most vulnerable with little status. Little ones, least of these. How we care for folk who are vulnerable and who don't have status. Now, that's where I want to loop in this inspiration the Lord gave me this morning. Because when you think of Title 42 that will end on May 11th, You've got to think that there is a very vulnerable population that is at the heart of what's happening in our nation. Title 42, migrants at the border can no longer be expelled to their home country or to the country they were last in. Already in recent months, there has been uh, a massive explosion of people trying to get into America and escape the savage, inhumane treatments south of the border. Now, Title 42 was put into place at the offset of COVID to close the borders so the spread of COVID would not uh, be accelerated in the United States. But that ban is getting ready to, to be lifted on May 11th, a week from tomorrow, which means that the borders are going to open up. And if they can sneak across and get in, they'll be in. Now, that has sounded a, an alarm all across America, just the idea of folk coming from another country into our land without invitation. But think about it from their perspective. When you travel on foot, from Central America, Honduras, Guatemala, Nicaragua, through Mexico, and the only thing that separates you 
from a land that you've been told holds a better life free of political persecution. Trust me, a little river called the Rio Grande is not going to discourage you. So the governor of Texas has declared a state of emergency. He's He wants to keep them out. And when he cannot keep them out, what does he opt to do? He puts them out. He loads them on buses and sends them to a city that has welcoming status. You know what that city is? Chicago. And so we've been listening all week long and all day of the welcoming status crisis of Chicago. What does Chicago do? Chicago houses them in police stations and cries out for help with resources. Over 8,000 immigrants have come to the welcoming arms of Chicago since August. Thousands of men, women, some women pregnant or recently delivered, children, they're all housed in police stations that have been turned into makeshift shelters. This morning I read where some were being fed with boxed rations marked March 2020. Isn't that something? eaten from box lunches that expired over three years ago and sleeping in areas that have been highly infected. Food, water, clothing, and extensive medical care. Sleeping, eating on floors, bed bugs are some of the constant issues. No end in sight, and everybody's pointing the finger and passing the book. The Biden administration points the finger at Congress. Texas points the finger at the Biden administration. Republicans blame Democratic policies of the past. Mayor Lightfoot, on her way out, points the finger at Governor Abbott. And in the meantime, Chicago cries out to Springfield and D.C. for assistance. And in the meantime, people made in the image of God and after his likeness are at the end of inhumane treatment. I share these nuggets of truth tonight. Number one, the Lord is watching. The Lord has all the details. The Lord knows of our encounters with the poor, the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the sick, and the prisoner. Hallelujah. The Lord is watching. Number two, people, not politics, are the Lord's most precious commodities. The Lord could care very little whether it's a democratic government or a communist government. Our Lord has only one standard, righteousness, right treatment of people, and right 
honor for the holy. Righteousness exalts a nation. Not if it's a blue state or a red state, but is it a people who call God holy? Number three, the most vulnerable touch the heart of the Lord like no others. The most vulnerable touch the heart of the Lord like no others. None of us get off the hook. We're not policy makers. We're not politicians. We're the Lord's people. We're saved people. We're righteous people. We are a church. We're ministry. We're mission. We mount missions to take unexpired food, water, clean clothing, diapers, milk to a shelter or to a police station. That's what we do because we're all about ministry and mission. We do not wait for church to be in session. These acts of loving service we do on a personal basis. We do not have to pray about it. We get to it. It is not unexpected to hear that all people will be judged by their responses to Jesus. What is surprising is that they encounter Jesus in their care for the needy. It's in the vulnerable. It's in the class that has little status that Jesus is incognito. At the border crossings, Jesus incognito. On the floors of the police station, Jesus incognito. At the door of the church, the crowd who looks, smells, and acts differently than us. Jesus incognito. We hear you, Lord, in Matthew 7 and 12, where you say, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. We hear you clearly, Lord, where you say tonight, whatever we did for the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. It is my prayer that we make the right judgment call as we deal with those who are left out, who are the least, we got to let them know that they are not left. Hallelujah. And that's the word of faith which I teach tonight. Let's make the right judgment call. Amen. Amen. Amen.